This podcast is brought to you by the Trillium Awakening Teachers Circle. To find out more about how to grasp the means of your own awakening, visit our website at www.trilliumawakening.org. Hello, I'm here with Fax Gilbert, a Trillium Awakening teacher, and Fax is going to give us an introduction to Trillium Awakening. Go ahead, Fax. Great. Thanks, Jill. Uh, firstly, this is, this is my introduction to Trillium Awakening. There are 40 teachers, and I'm sure each one of them would describe this process in a, in a different way, you know, depending upon how they came into it and how they were activated by it. Uh, for me, uh, Trillium Awakening is a it's a self-inquiry process for expanding identity, uh, who, we are as, uh, who we are as consciousness, that which is uh, transpersonal, which connects us with uh, everything else, who we are as a person, our patterning, our proclivities, and who we are in relationship, uh, basically the integration of the first two into uh, into how we deal with the world, how we, how we integrate, how we are with other people. So it's, it's a process of expanding identity. It's a self-inquiry process. And it's named after a flower, a trillium flower, which is the first wildflower that comes up in the spring. And it's three petals, which represents or symbolizes those three aspects of, of how, we, uh, how we expand our identity, the aspect of uh, awareness, consciousness, that impersonal connection with everything, the aspect of who we are as a person, our identity, our memory, our experiences, the sum total of all our experiences that uh, resides in the word I, and the, and the experience of, of being in relationship, how, how these other identities impact you know, being in the world. Now, Trillium Awakening actually had its origins with a man named Samuel Bonder, who 25 years ago had some seminal realizations about spiritual development. He had many of them, but there were three that impacted me the most, and those are the ones I'd like to describe for you today. The first was that the flow of evolution is not just up, but also down. Most spiritual, spiritual traditions and self-development programs have as their basis a, a way of, of finding a foundation to life in the world, of moving into, uh, even moving into the experience of something which is greater than just uh, the limits that we find ourselves. And that in, in general is in the up, upward direction, moving into you know, something that uh, is transcendental, that is foundational, that, uh, that holds all of who we are in the world. Uh, also, it's a movement into the world. It's an integration of all that, of that identity into all the other things that we identify with. So the movement of the flow of evolution is not just up, but it's also down. It's not, it's not just up and into dissociation, but it's down into incarnation. It's who we are as consciousness living itself as who we are, in and as us. The second aspect of Samuel's teaching 
is what I call the core condition or the core paradox. And this is a fundamental existential feeling at the basis of who we are that's, that gives the experience of somewhat of limitation. It gives the experience of not enough, gives the experience of wanting more. What I mean by that is, is that we can be self-actualized in a lot of different ways. And, but success in the world doesn't necessarily bring with it uh, fulfillment. In other words, the more you have, there's always something more out there that you could have. There's always bouncing up against limitations. And so what this work is, is, is it doesn't necessarily solve that problem, but it brings it to consciousness so that we can find some great relief in knowing that this is not something that we're gonna get away from. It's, it's side by side with, with, our, with our consciousness, with our awareness, with the uh, divine aspect of our being. The limitations, a paradox, where things are limited and, and limitless at the same time, constricted and expanded, free and bound, both together, living together as us. And so it's coming into an awareness of this, of this condition, of this core condition. And the feeling that comes with that is one of, to me, is one of poignancy. When I first got into this work, I'd already had a car, uh, consciousness awakening uh, a couple of years before I found uh, Trillium. And for me, that experience was somewhat dissociative. It was liberating, it was freeing, but at the same time, I, I found myself separate from my life as Fax Gilbert and the things that I was doing and my relationships as well. It was as if they were almost a story. It was almost as if I was witnessing rather than being in, involved. And what happened was that over time I found myself just bursting into tears. I, I would see something and for no particular reason, I would just start crying. And uh, I knew that there was something that wasn't, that wasn't being owned, that wasn't being recognized, that wasn't being integrated, that uh, needed to be there. And so I found this work. And as a result of the work, uh, uh, my, my consciousness began to move down into my heart and into my body. Uh, it began to uh, live itself more in the world as me. And as a result of this, I began to feel more poignancy uh, in my relationships and in my being, uh, more of a balance. And so this, this is uh, what happens when you fall into this core paradox or this core condition, you begin to live it. There's a, there's a, a sweetness about life and also a sadness about life, both together, which creates this uh, ability to hold uh, different aspects of our being at the same time. The third aspect of Samuel's teaching that really moved me and touched me was the aspect of mutuality, the group dynamics of awakening. Most spiritual traditions have kind of a top-down orientation where there's a teacher who knows, who has uh, experienced or recognized some truths and then disseminates that to their, you know, uh, followers or students. In this process, the, the group is more of the catalytic element in 
in creating these awakenings, these uh, connections with more of who we are. This whole being, you could say, more of our whole being starts to come online. And it's the group dynamics that does this. And the context for that, those group dynamics were created by uh, what we call mutuality. Now, when you hear the word mutuality, most people think it's, it's getting along or agreeing or there's some uh, belief system that people uh, collectively agree on. Uh, but mutuality isn't, isn't any of that. Mutuality is a way to have relationships which uh, favor uh, authentic speaking, which favor uh, not necessarily connecting on the level of the mind, but allowing there to be enough space so that there can be disagreement, and yet the connection beneath that, within the heart, is holding those differences. Uh, for example, in order to have mutuality, there are certain things that have to be there, certain prerequisites. The first is that you need to have respect. Has to be a certain amount of respect for the other person. The second is there has to be the awareness that all of the things that you believe or your opinions or your points of reference or your points of view aren't 100% right all the time or perhaps any of the time. There's always different points of reference there. And knowing that, it creates a little bit of space for there to be communication and listening and clarifying and holding. Another aspect of mutuality is being able to put yourself in the other person's shoes, not to actually feel into what they're trying to say. And finally, you need to have a bit of a grasp on your reactivity. You have to have a little bit of an understanding of what your trigger points are. What are those things that kind of overshadow, overshadow you in the moment that that prevent communication and holding and all the things I just talked about. And that's, that's what part of this work is about in groups, is, is discovering you know, those aspects of us that are unborn, unmanifest, that are transpersonal, the discovering those aspects of who we are that are, that are trigger points, that are patterns of, of relationship, of discovering those aspects of who we are in relationship, and it's done together. It's done through mutuality, it's done in small groups, it's done on the sessions with teachers. So that's fundamentally uh, those three aspects of Samuel's teaching that uh, activated uh, or catalyzed awakenings in me, that brought that awareness of, of consciousness, that brought that awareness of that which is living me down into my body and into my heart. Now, how does this work? There are basically uh, three aspects to it. We have a, it's not really a practice. There's no practices in this work. But this is something that we do when we get together in small groups, large groups, uh, individually with teachers. It's called gazing. Uh, gazing is where you just meet each other's eyes for half a minute or a minute. And in that process, uh, it activates uh, a connection, a personal connection, and also an impersonal connection. And there's, a, there's an element of, of transmission involved with gazing, that if you've clarified you know, a certain aspect of your identity, and that's clear to you, and you own that, and you're confident in it, 
that, that that's transmitted through the gaze. There's kind of a resonance between you and, your, and the students and the people around you. And so we involve, we, we, we use gazing as a way to connect us with our hearts as well. Um, the second aspect is sharing. And as I said, we share in small groups. And when I say sharing, it just means that uh, the question we usually ask is, what's up for you? And sharing doesn't have to be you know, anything concerning spiritual experiences or lack of spiritual experiences. It can, it can, have, it can be about finances, health. Uh, it could be about relationships. Whatever seems to be there inside of you that you know, feels to be spoken. And so this is not something that you know, we prepare. It's spontaneous, it's in the moment, and that's where the magic comes in. If you're in a group with people who are uh, being authentic and speaking their truth, using the context of mutuality, what happens is that your, your being brings forward, it catalyzes awakenings. It brings forward uh, understandings of, of your personhood, understandings of your, your divinity, your consciousness, brings together understandings of who you are in a relationship. So it's, it's, it's kind of a magical thing. Uh, I've been in theater and done improvisation for many years, uh, done it for a living. And this is somewhat improvisational. It's, it's, it's in the moment and there's, there's no one person that you're trying to uh, resonate with. It's all just, it just all comes forward in its own natural way. As teachers, we're more facilitators in a sense than we are teachers. I mean, there's a, there's a foundation of Dharma and teaching, but it's the context uh, that allows for that teachings to come alive. And that's done in groups. And we've been doing it for over 20 years. So we, it, it's a, there's a safety involved in it, a process where people feel safe. And as they relax and as they feel more comfortable, then uh, understandings uh, precipitate out of that. Now, uh, the other aspect is, uh, as I said, is mutuality that provides the context for all of this sharing. Um, and to me, uh, another one way of looking at it is that this work develops character. I teach character in schools. I do assembly programs and the whole school comes in and what I do is to uh, inspire them uh, in the understanding of what each school's character programs are. Uh, character, what by character I mean uh, the disposition toward respect and responsibility and fairness and caring and all of these qualities that people talk about and try to evoke from the outside in. What I found is that this is a process that evokes character from the inside out. It's, it's uh, character basically I define it as the disposition to move into something that's not quite comfortable it's uncomfortable and so this process is being becoming aware of at any at any given time how you're feeling it's connecting you with your feelings and and basically uh, character is is embodied consciousness it's the awareness that registers what's going on character is what you do with it and so by learning mutuality, and this is a learned thing, you, you learn how to be in groups and how to speak to, to, to generate this magic. And what happens is, is that you, 
the disposition grows to, to moving into problems rather than away from them, so to speak. Uh, a lot of spiritual groups, uh, uh, in, the, their, in their desire to uh, get to that, uh, that connection with all there is, uh, tend, can, can bypass you know, the other aspects of our life, the other aspects of our being, our feelings, our relationships, uh, and so on. This is a program that integrates all three uh, into one seamless wholeness of being. Now, who are we? I mean, who is, what is Trillium Awakening? We're a group of teachers. We're an association. Uh, we've been together for over 20 years. You could say that, that Samuel uh, it was inspired to create this knowledge and the Trillium Awakening uh, the teachers created the delivery system to bring it out and to teach it and to enliven it and uh, to awaken the students. Uh, Trillium Awakening is a democratic uh, organization. Uh, you could say that there's a, an existential uh, wholeness or oneness, but there's also a, a hierarchy of a division of talent of how we get things done. So both of those are included. Um, it's got an ethics policy. It's been around for 10, 15 years. Uh, teachers uh, agreed to act in a certain way with their students, which is uh, student-centric. Uh, each student go moves at a different pace, has awake awakenings in, a, in their own way, in their own time. And as teachers, we, we agree to always put our students first. And this is uh, something that we feel, we feel proud about. Uh, So that's who we are as an organization, an association. It's, it's, it's a group of teachers that we've come from different paths and we've collected ourselves together around these teachings. And uh, we just enjoy uh, bringing them out and speaking about them. And now, who would benefit from this? Who would benefit from this particular kind of of, of work. Well, I would say that anybody that's been involved in the spiritual practices for a while is, is somebody who's ripe to, to have an integration, this integrated process of expansion of identity, uh, to have this process of self-inquiry, whereby many of the things that they're desired are desired would come to fruition. Uh, I would say any, any uh, person that's had a, a kind of a top-down situation where they've been focused on just one teacher and one way of doing things and one particular order of how things should be uh, experienced and awakened might find this a breath of fresh air, uh, where we have a whole group of people, different, different orientation. Uh, I would also say that people who have had non-dual awakenings, where, which is what I had before I got involved in this work, and, are, and like myself, uh, feel that perhaps there's something more to be experienced to, to connect you with the other aspects of your being, uh, your personhood and your relationships, that this would be ideal if you're in that situation as well. Uh, what to do? Uh, 
this this work is self-generated. I would recommend just going to the website, trilliumawakening.org. Uh, each teacher has their own page on it with essays. There are videos. Uh, we also have online uh, sittings where you can come and be in a small group with a teacher and experience directly this mutuality that I was talking about. And we also have introductory presentations online. It's be good to hear more than just, you know, my take on it. Uh, we have weekends, regional retreats in every part of the United States and sometimes overseas. We have uh, sessions, free sessions with teachers. I mean, you can get a half an hour with any teacher you select and we can specify more directly, you know, how this would impact, you know, your particular situation. Uh, we have two tracks. One is somewhat more structured than the other. In other words, there's a certain uh, sequence to what we would like you to go through. And then there's an unstructured track where you as the student would just pick and choose what you'd like to take advantage of and move at your own pace. So there's, there's all of that. Uh, there are also books. Uh, I think I pretty much got it all. Uh, it starts with checking out the website and I'm available, Fax Gilbert, to answer any questions that you might have about my particular take on this, as are every other of the 40 teachers. We also have a mentor program. In order to become a Trillium Awakening teacher, it takes about five, seven years of training to be able to uh, transmit you know, the essence of this knowledge and to be able to understand it enough to speak it and to relate it to each, each student's uh, experience. So that's something that uh, we just jump into. It takes, it takes a certain disposition to become a teacher. And we meet on a monthly basis with in small groups as teachers to refine our skills we also get together once a year in a, in a retreat, a five-day retreat, to refine our skills and to, uh, and to, and to best uh, see what we can do collectively to strengthen this teaching and bring it more, more uh, forcefully into the world. So that's my 20-minute take on Trillium Awakening. I hope that uh, some of it connected with you. And again, I, I, I feel that any other teacher could also, you, you would have value in hearing it from another teacher as well. So thank you very much. Mm, thank Glad. you, Fox. Thanks. I very much enjoyed listening to you. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast from the Trillium Awakening Teacher Circle. The musical accompaniment is Awaken by Wayne Kington. To learn more about Wayne and his music, visit www.waynejosephkington.com.